when that happened, I had my kids with me, and I was just like, oh my goodness, let's find this thing. Like, guys, quick. And I'm just picking up all the sand down there, and it's like, dude, this thing is long gone. And uh, no, I did not find it. Um, someone probably has a nice wedding ring now that it's washed up on the shore. When it happened, when it happened, I hope you've uh, enjoyed, when it happened, when it happened that are on spring break, you've enjoyed spring break, whatever that entails for you. And I'm excited because it's Sunday, and I think it's the best day of the week. <laughs> Glad I'm the only one. <laughs> and uh, we're wrapping up our series. This is part three of Awaken 21. We've been looking at this idea for the past two weeks on the um, idea of that we often, in times in our life, we pray simple, safe prayers. God, protect me. God, watch out for me. God, help me do good on this test. God, help me win this sporting event. Whatever, we pray safely. And this morning, we're going to look at one dangerous prayer as we wrap this series up together that I think that can really awaken us. But before that, I got two quick announcements. Number one is this. It's in your bulletin. In two weeks is my vote as a pastor to be your lead pastor. We are, belong to the Wesleyan denomination in our church and when I first came two years ago, I had what is known as a two-year call. I have served almost the two years with you. Now, next step is I either get a four-year call or an extended call. The board, your board, the nine people that I'm held accountable to, has unanimously voted for me to get an extended call, which means I can be here until I decide to walk away or you guys kick me out, one of the two. There it is. So... We have to announce in two weeks, following both of our services, um, there will be a vote for me to stay or go. You say yes or you say no. It's a democracy. You choose. All right? We want everyone to vote. Members, your vote is binding, though, okay? So that's in two weeks. Stay for both services or right after each service stay, and we'll get my vote, and then we'll see where the cards lay. All right? It's really weird. I feel like a political campaign up here right now. <laughs> so there it is. I'm sold to you guys, and uh, I'm going to keep moving forward. Uh, second announcement is something that I'm excited, but I'm not excited. It's like an oxymoron. It's this thing right here called Couch the 5K. How many of you are not a runner? They're like, oh, lots in this room, this service. Awesome. How many of you rather be on the couch than running a mile? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm the couch like, hey, man, just let me give, give me the remote. What's on TV? I don't run. But what's awesome is, and what we're going to do as a church, is we're going to put on a 5K for this community. And this is to help our church get ready to run the 5K. Now, a lot of us, there are groups of runners. There are many of us that don't run. We're the couch people. I'm right there. And this is to help us. This is a nine-week program starting on Monday, not this Monday, the Monday right after Easter. So April 17th from 6 to 7.30 to help us get ready to run a 5K. Now, this is a run and a walk. So if you want to walk, we're there. What's going to happen is Monday nights are going to look like is we're going to have a devotion time. Of time together, we'll come in here, have a devotion, and then we're going to break up into groups. We will have a walker group. We will have a beginning running group. And you know if you're there, right? You're like, uh-uh, all right, I'll try that. We have an intermediate running group, and then we have an advanced running group. And you have a coach in each of your groups, 
And after we have our devotion together here, we're going to go out to the Shire development that there, and we're going to run in our groups. So, or walk in your group to build up nine weeks to get ready to try to run slash walk a 5K. Now, I looked at, I saw the beginning runner, because I'm trying to determine, am I a beginner runner? And I, I mean, I run when a ball's involved, right? I don't just go out and run for fun. Or am I an intermediate? Beginning run is you are going to advance every week. So it's going to get tougher every week, obviously, to prepare you for 3.1 miles. And the, like the first week, if you're a beginner, you, like, you jog for 60 seconds. We can do that. You jog for, and then you walk for 90 seconds. I can definitely do that. And then you jog for, or run for another 60 seconds, and then you walk for 90 seconds. But it builds every week to get you ready. It's our couch to 5K. Turn to your neighbor and say, couch to 5K. Be there. All right, Monday after Easter, 6 to 7.30, get us ready. Again, you can walk this. There's a group for walkers, okay? And this is all to prep for this, our Light Up the Dark 2017 5K done by Radiant Life. This will be Saturday night, June 17th. Glow sticks like crazy. It's a night run. We're playing off of our name, Radiant. Hence, a night run, light up the dark. The run will happen at about 10 o'clock at night, Saturday night. Okay? Because it's got to be dark. It's going to be cool. You're going to be covered in glow sticks, right? Trails are going to be covered in glow sticks. It's going to be awesome. Here's the deal. We're still going to do church the next day. (laughs) Don't forget that. All right? So what's awesome is maybe nine-ish or so, we're going to have a kid fun run that they'll run about a mile around our perimeter. It's going to be fun for the kids that they're going to run. And here's the greatest thing. Our church loses money on this. The money that we're going to acquire from registrations that's going to come in, we're giving it right back to the community. We want nothing to come in-house. So this week, I'm going to meet with some of the city managers. We're going to talk about what projects that need to get done and where this money that we get in from registrations can go to. So... Be ready, couch to 5K, not this Monday, but the following Monday Monday to get ready to walk slash run a 5K. (laughs) Speaking from the runner, has anyone not ever done a 5K? I have never done one. Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited to do it. Like, this is why I said I'm excited, but I'm not excited. Like, I'm going to, it's going to be painful, right? It's going to be painful. We we avoid pain, but we're going to do this together. We're going to be healthy we're going to trip over things, all right? All right, there's our last promo. Uh, before we jump in our last week, uh, can we close? Or close? <laughs> we're done with church. Have a good day. Too many cups of coffee. Um, we're going to pray before we jump in this morning. Let's pray together. Father God, we meet once again. For some of us, it's just like an absolute routine. It's just every Sunday we're here. And we thank you for that. For others of us, this is the first time even maybe in church. We don't even know what this church thing's about. I pray, God, no matter where we are on the spectrum, whether we're here all the time or we're here for the first time, may we encounter you. So, God, I pray that you would still our hearts, still our minds. I pray that those distractions, the arguments, the fights that we brought in this morning, would be laid to rest so we can hear from you. And we ask this in the awesome name of Jesus who changes everything.
Amen. All right, week one in this series, we talked about a dangerous prayer. Search me. The idea that we allow God to actually search what's in our heart. We don't like it because there's things in our heart that we're afraid that is revealed. Jeremiah, the prophet, says the most deceitful thing in the world is your heart. There's things in our heart we don't like. But a dangerous prayer is to allow God to search those things so they can come to the surface and we can say, God, just forgive me of this. We don't pray those prayers. Last week, Pastor Patricia talked about the prayer, break me. We don't like to be broken. It's painful. We don't like that idea. What would it look like every morning you wake up saying, God, search my heart. God, will you break me? This week, as we wrap up, we're going to talk about the prayer, awaken me. A prayer that I guarantee most of us probably do not pray often. A prayer that we avoid. But this morning, we're going to jump into one of the coolest, strangest stories that we have in our Bibles. So if you will, you grab your Bible, grab your tablet or phone, turn with me into the Older Testament to Ezekiel chapter 37. If you go about halfway through in your Bible, you're going to land probably in Psalms. It's about the middle mark. Go about seven books later. You're going to land to this prophet. I'm going to call him Zeke. Here's why. I think if he was alive, we would be buddies. So, you know, you always got that buddy nickname. Uh, he's Zeke to me. So I'm just going to refer to him as Zeke, mostly because I can't really pronounce his name very well. <laughs> All right. Zeke chapter 37. And here's what we're going to do first. And use the table of contents. Do you know why the table of contents is there? For you to use. Don't be afraid to use it. I had to, I had to use it this week just to look up Zeke. It's like, okay, where exactly is he? All right, turn there. Don't be afraid to use the table of contents. Let me set up for you. Zeke's going to get an apocalyptic vision. He is going to be placed in the middle of a valley with dry bones everywhere. Rotting corpses. And he's going to get this vision. And he's going to see something transpire in this valley. What's also really cool is this vision is from God, yet it's a really a forefront. The nation of Israel has been uh, living in rebellion. They've been sin sinning against God. And this is really God coming to them and saying, hey, Zeke, my people, the nation of Israel, this is happening around 600 BC, 600 years before Jesus even comes to earth. He's saying, my nation is rebelling against me. They're dead. They're about these dry bones. And I want you to speak life into them, and they're going to come alive. And it's about the nation of Israel. Stop rebelling and come back to Jesus. But I think it speaks to us this morning. So Zeke, chapter 37, verse 1. Let's journey together. It says, the desolate land will be cultivated. I'm sorry, let me give you a preview. This is God speaking to Zeke before he's in the valley. It says this, the desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. Then in verse 35, they will say this land was laid what, friends? Waste has become like the Garden of Eden. So God's prepping Zeke. God's prepping Zeke and saying, you will be in this valley where there's dry bones, it's desolate, but I want you to know it's going to become like the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden back in creation is the way God intended all creation to be. Before sin and shame entered and broke all of it, it broke shalom. Turn to your neighbor and say shalom. You got your Hebrew word in. We use it as peace, but it's so much richer than that. It means it's peace with God, peace with each other, peace with 
creation in peace with ourselves. There's four elements of perfectness and shalom. And God's telling Zeke, hey, you're going to be in this horrible valley with dry bones, rotting corpses. I want you to know I'm going to make it like the Garden of Eden where everything flourishes. I'm going to reclaim everything that was lost and broken. Now Zeke's going to get placed into the middle of this valley in his vision. In verse 30, or chapter 37, verse 1 says this, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. Now as we progress through this, imagine being Zeke in the middle. Imagine being there and seeing this all take place. Verse 2, he led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were what, friends? Very dry. You see the adjective, very? These bones aren't just dry. They're bone dry, pun intended. They're very dry. There is nothing to these rotting bones, these rotting corpses. It is dry. Continues on. He asked me, son of man, it's God speaking, can these bones live? And I love Zeke's response. He said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Isn't that like the cop out, right? God says, hey, hey, Zeke, I want you to, hey, do you think these bones can live? You're all knowing God, you should know, right? And then God's going to tell Zeke to do something. He says, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, the word prophesy means to bring truth of God to something. He says, I want you to say this to these bones. Here's what you're to say. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make what? I will make breath enter you and you will come to what, friends? Life. Breath, life. You're going to see this repeated all throughout this, these verses. Continues, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put, what friends? I will put breath in you and you will, three words, come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. In verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. He's saying, I'm doing everything I've been commanded to do. I'm speaking into these bones. The first thing, before I even see anything, I hear a noise. And it continues. A rattling sounds. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Continues on in verse 8. I looked and the tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. And can we read the last of this sentence together? But there was no breath in them. No breath. Imagine Zeke seeing, how crazy of a vision is this? Rotting corpses, dry bones, and you are commanded by God just to start speaking to these things. And you just start speaking into them. And there's coming together bone by bone, ligament by ligament, starting to see skin on it, but Zeke says there's something not right. It's all coming together, but there's something missing. I think in our lives, we can have this appearance that we look okay. We look successful, we look good, but deep down, we're dry. 
We put on this facade, we put on this persona that everything is great. My job's good, my marriage is good, my kids are good, but deep down, you are dry. There's something not right. I wonder if God often looks down and looks at his people. He says, these are my children, these are my sons, these are my daughters. They're there, but there's no breath in them. And he looks at the church, he says, there's my church, there's what I dreamed when my son Jesus came to earth, I dreamed this. And my churches are all over. There's no breath in them. We can never do what God's called us to do unless we have the breath of Jesus in it. I think far too often there's a bunch of dry, dry churches. And I don't mean to be hard on churches because it can happen to us like this as well. And Zeke says there's no breath in them. They're there. They're formed. It's not enough breath. And in verse 9, this is awesome. Then he said to me, God, speaking to Zeke again, prophesy to the breath. First you prophesied to the bones. Now you're going to prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, say to the breath, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come what, friends? Come, breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may what? That they may live. You're to say, breath, I want you to come from the four winds. That just means from all corners of the earth. Will you just come into these dry bones, these slain, so that these can live? I often wonder sometimes, friends. Well, let me say this. The Hebrew word here for breath. It means, it means breath, it means wind, but it means spirit as well. The Hebrew word is ruach. I mean, turn to your neighbor and say, ruach. Yeah, you got to get that lugi in there. It's the proper way to do Hebrew. You got to get the lugi in there. It's this breath. It's the same breath that came when God created all creation. He had Adam, and when he went down and he took the dust of the earth and held the dust, begins to form Adam. But then he says, God breathes his breath into Adam. He breathes his spirit into Adam. And that's when Adam comes alive. See, I think for many of us, we're like this picture here. We're formed, but not filled. Let me say that again. We're formed, but we're not filled. And if we are filled, perhaps, can I just be crass with you? Perhaps it's, perhaps it's the crap in life that's filling us. We fill it with alcohol. We fill it with drugs. We fill it with premarital sex. We fill it with addictions. We fill it with gossip. We fill it with criticism. And we, we think we're formed, but we're empty. And Zeke's saying, these dry bones, they're, they're there. They're coming to life. It looks like they got life, but there's no breath in them. And God says, you got to speak that my breath comes in, that they can live. And I think our prayer often is, God, awaken me. I'm full of junk in my life. You got to empty out the junk. That wasn't supposed to happen. You got to empty out the junk in life. 
in order to allow the spirit, the breath of God to come in. Or you just maybe look around and say, I'm not full of junk. I just looked form and I put on this persona every Sunday that everything's okay. And man, our prayer's got to be, God, you got to come. Will you please come and begin to speak your breath, begin to form me, begin to fill me. May your spirit live in me so that I can have life. So many of us, we turn to the worldly things for life. That leaves us empty and dry. Only the Spirit of God can fill you. You will keep searching this world for everything the world has to offer. I promise you, you will be empty every single time. We got to start praying that the breath, the Holy Spirit of God, come in us and fill us. And if there's a way I can put this, it would be this church. It's the breath of Jesus that gives us life. Not the world. Not everything that you see on TV that gives you life. It is only the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God comes on your life, then you have life to the full. But we look elsewhere, don't we? We'll turn to every avenue of the world just to feel better. When the thing we're running from is the thing we need to fill us. And here's what's so awesome. When that verse gets, when the breath enters the bones, watch in verse 10. Listen to what happens in verse 10. Zeke's saying, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They, three words, let's read it together. They came to life, stood up on their feet, a vast army. How cool would that be? <laughs> I mean, you go into a valley and it's bones rotting corpses and all of a sudden you're like, all right, bones, you got to start coming together and speak life into them. Speak this breath, this spirit of God upon people and upon these bones and it's coming together and all of a sudden they stand up because they have life and there's a vast army before you. I'm sure it would wreck us. What would it look like, church, if we became a church that decided every morning we woke up and said, God, awaken me. Will you fill me with your presence this morning? I wonder if Radiant Life could send out a vast army to the communities that we're in and change it for Jesus. If we get awakened. We don't pray these prayers, do we? It's scary because you don't know where God's going to take you. God may call you somewhere. God may call you to sell your house and go somewhere. Uh-oh. No, thank you. When you start praying, awaken me. What is so awesome is this story happened 600 years before Jesus. 600 years later, Jesus tells us, or John, the disciple of John, who followed Jesus for three, three and a half years, writes in the Newer Testament in John 10.10. He says, Jesus came to give life and give life to the full. It's fullness. Jesus came to give you abundant life. That's why he came. So will you be filled with the presence of God? Will you be filled with his spirit? So this satisfies you. Don't walk around looking formed, but so empty. Will you walk around completely full of Jesus? And here's what's awesome. Mark writes for us in his letter. So awesome. When Jesus died, look what he wrote. 
This is Jesus. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. And when Jesus breathed his last, that was so you and I can breathe our first. Because his breath brings us life. He went to that cross for you and for me so that you could live. So you can live. So many of us, we're just bones. We come into church and we're just hoping, man, just get filled some way, somehow. I just, God, I just need to feel your presence. I need to feel your peace. I need your mercy and love and forgiveness. I need all that stuff. But the issue becomes, as we get filled, we get his breath, but the issue becomes, we think we're good for a week. So we go, <gasps> see you next Sunday. <clears throat> and we hold our breath all week. You got to breathe every single day. You cannot survive breathing once a week. You have to get into this. You got to read God's word. You don't know where to start? Start in Mark. I'll help you. Start in Mark. Then go to like 1 John. Start here. But we're good with this just sitting on our shelves and hoping once a week on Sunday we get filled. You can't hold your breath. Start holding your breath now. Good luck. I'll see you next week. No, you're going to pass out in 30 seconds. We do that. We hold our breath as long as we can. Don't. And here's what's awesome. I love the Bible, how it comes together. In Acts chapter, um, well, something. <laughs> Acts chapter 1. Uh, Acts is the book. It's uh, Luke's continuation of his letter. Acts is all about the early Jesus movement. It's the actions of the early church where Jesus communities are popping up all over the place. And in the book of Acts, we're told that after Jesus has died on the cross, was buried, resurrected, appears to his disciples, his group, for 40 more days. And he begins with these words to his disciples. This is so awesome. He says, but you will receive what? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit, when the rock, when the breath of Jesus comes on you. It's like, church, you better watch out because you got power to go change the world. And then Jesus continues, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, that little religious city. You're going to be my witnesses there in Judea, the county, and to go to Samaria, the place that you hate and avoid. And to the, can we read those four words together? To the ends of the earth. Look at this. When Zeke gets the prophecy, the breath, the ruach comes from the four corners, comes from the end of the earth in. And now Jesus says, you have it. Now go give it out to the ends of the earth. Church, you can be changed by the breath of Jesus, but I want to tell you this, go and give the breath of Jesus away. You have people in our lives, in our sphere of influences, that need to know who Jesus is. Go give him away. He came to change us, but you, I don't know why God chose us broken people to carry his message, but he did. You carry the message of Jesus. Go give him away. Go give the breath of Jesus away. Turn to your neighbor and say, go give it away. They didn't hear you loud enough. You got to turn it again. Give it away. Give it away. 
Here's what's so awesome in this story. Remember when Zeke was in the valley and he began the first to prophesy to the bones? The first thing it says is, Zeke, here's a noise. Before he sees the bones come together, he says, he, see, he hears a rattling noise. Your life was meant to make a noise. Your life was meant to make a noise because when the presence of Jesus is upon you, your response is to go and worship him because you realize who you once were, lost and broken in darkness, and now I got to go give it away. The only thing in my response is now praise who, who Jesus is. You have an enemy out there who does not want us to meet on Sunday mornings and lift up Jesus' name on high. Man, what would it look like, church, if we just ripped that all away and say, you know what? We're going to stick it to the enemy. We're going to worship loudly. We're going to worship freely. Why? Because our life was meant to make a noise. This morning, we've sang two songs, all about breath and breathing on purpose. We're going to sing two more songs, but in this, we're going to sing Great Are You, Lord, again. It says, it's your breath in our lungs. And our response, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out to our, your praise to you only. Can we make a noise this morning, church? We just make a noise that says, you know what? Yeah. I'm dry, but I want to be filled. I'm tired of being dry and being a corpse and looking formed. I want to be filled. And when I'm filled, my response is I'm going to make a noise. I'm going to worship Jesus. So will you stand with me? And let's worship Jesus this morning. Amen. Lift up a praise to the Lord. God, we say that the life that we have is your breath. I knew it, Jesus. I knew when you breathed into me. And I was never the same. I was never the same, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, I pray for those here this morning that haven't experienced that. The filling of the Spirit. Would you stir their hearts right now? Right now to call out to you and say, fill me with your spirit, Lord. Right where you stand, you can ask that of God. You can ask him, fill me with your spirit. He loves you. He wants to fill you with his spirit. Thank you that you haven't left us alone. That you've provided this comforter, this helper, this dunamis power to make us more like you. Without the Spirit, we're hopeless, we're helpless, we're nothing. God, give us more. Lord, as I pray, as, as the, the men come forward, that as we take up this offering, that it would be an outpouring from our own hearts, an act of, of worship, an act of thanksgiving, Lord. 
in response to your goodness and your grace and your mercy in our lives, Lord. The fact that even this morning as we've stood here, we've sensed your presence, Jesus. I pray that as they pass that plate that you would be led by God in your giving, that you wouldn't feel uh, compelled or manipulated or pressured, but that God would be stirring you to give because he's given to you. God loves a cheerful giver. So if you could do that with joy and happiness and gratefulness towards him this morning, do that. But if you can't, wait. Wait till you can. God wants to bless you, and he'll do that when you cheerfully give. We're gonna sing one more song. And the lyrics say, the atmosphere's changing now, for the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here. Can you sense that this morning? Can you sense God's presence and his blessing this morning? It doesn't always happen, does it? Sometimes we come and we, we go through the motions. And it's just different. This morning is special. Do you sense that? I just realized something in the story that we missed. rotting corpses, dry bones everywhere, and some of us may feel like that, but who was there? God was there the whole time. Some of us may be so dry, please remember God's with you. I don't know who that's for. It seems so obvious, but it was just revealed to me down there. The breath of Jesus is with you. Don't lose sight. You want to pray, awaken me? that the breath that the Holy Spirit would be with you that's how you're awakened we have these Easter invites next week's a special holiday resurrection Sunday grave robber each one reach one grab these they're all out they may be in your pew they're all out in the lobby invite someone next week and we have baptism that we're going to celebrate that the grave is empty that we have life Next week. Next week also, we're going to have chairs up front because we want to, you, you're hopefully inviting people. We'll have chairs up front. Please move forward and uh, sit up, uh, if you will. Break your comfort zone. You may be over here, now you're here and here and here and you know, all that great stuff, all right? Invite someone. And lastly, what a way to end our Awaken 21 series. But lastly, if you're getting baptized next week, can I have a short meeting with you right now? Sound great? Hey, it's 65 degrees outside. Go enjoy a blessed Sunday. We'll see you next week as we celebrate our greatest holiday.